I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday, and I'm here with Alyssa Farrah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. Okay, we are here with Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Brian. All right. Today, we were talking to Matt Gutman in Israel and mid-interview, he was carted away by security, basically. Uh, Not that he had done anything, but he was being ushered to safety. Um, It was really uh, intense. And of course, we were all worried about his safety in the moment. And he was a trooper and kept trying to do the interview and kept going until finally he had to drive somewhere else. We got to check in with him later. What was going through your mind when that was happening? I mean, listen, war correspondents are just built different. There's something that just go, whether it's, you know, our incredible ones like James we had on yesterday, Matt, I see some of my colleagues at CNN, they're they're so ready in the moment for everything around them. But what the audience didn't see off air as we were doing kind of the sound check with him is he was asking, he's like, can you hear the mortars and missile strikes in the background? We couldn't in the way that the audio picked up, but it shows how close to danger he was. Um, I was nervous immediately because... You know, nobody, we love Matt, nobody wants to see anything bad happen, but it's so powerful to have these folks on because it it brings the war home. It makes us realize, like, even, you know, a journalist is in such a, a dangerous place just trying to get the story out and tell people. And also, I think a lot of folks, like, who've never been to Israel don't realize the entire nation of Israel is about the size of New Jersey. It's tiny. So even if like, uh, you know, it may seem like, oh, well, this is Gaza. It's not going to affect the northern parts or it's not going to affect other parts. This war is affecting the entire nation. Well, and here, here's a guy who was on our show a couple weeks ago promoting a book about dealing with panic attacks and then to be in the most stressful environment. I have such respect for him and... It's really uh, unbelievable. I, w- I was thinking about that because he he and I both have have struggled with anxiety attacks, and he shared on the show. Yeah, yeah, he shared that for some reason, sort of like the highest stress environments are a place that he feels almost more comfortable, um, which I I can't relate to, but I can tell you, having been in, um, I was thinking afterward of I, I was in Afghanistan in twenty. February of 2020 uh, with then Secretary of Defense Mark Esper. And there was a moment when we arrived. I mean, when you're driving through through the streets of Kabul, you see people with long guns, with, um, you know, small arms in the streets. It's not um, there aren't really paved roads or clear traffic stops. And I was separated from the secretary's detail pretty early on. I was with a speechwriter. But then when we went through security to go into the presidential palace. um, Women can't obviously enter where men do. So I went through a separate one where it was you know, women who, um, you know, fully pat you down and they said, we're, uh, it, you know, they're in broken English, tell me they're going to take my passport and they're going to hold me in a holding area. And something clicked in my mind without even like enough time to think of never give up your passport and refuse to be detained. And I quickly took it and made the calculation. I don't think these women are going to oh, wow. physically take attack me and basically beeline to get back into with the secure uh, the secretary's security detail. And it was just it just I, I thought of that moment because it's it's one of those where it's like you don't have time to make a decision. You just have to act. And people like Matt, they're so well trained to like stay calm and keep moving. Like he came back and wanted to keep doing the interview, which is yeah. just so badass. No, and it was important to me to show the audience that he was OK. We were talking mm-hmm. to him off camera. I was talking to him off camera. But, um, yeah, it, it's just harrowing. Today is World Mental Health Day, which we talked about on the show. Um, it was something you brought up. Why was it important for you to bring it up on the show? 
It was really important to me because I think a lot of people suffer in silence. Um, It's probably the most it's very common to just underdiagnose different mental health struggles that people go through. Like we we we've gotten better as a society about like we need to get, you know, breast cancer screenings. It's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Get your screening. We need to go to the doctor. We need to get our flu shots. But what's happening on the inside of our minds, we often just kind of keep pushing back and not dealing with. And I've since I think my whole life I probably dealt with anxiety, but I didn't think to treat it, to talk to someone and to talk to my doctor until uh, it was after I left the White House. And for me, it was it was life changing just to have more control over stress and anxiousness and nervousness. Um, and it's made me perform at a higher level. It's made me a happier person. It's made me a better partner. So Keeps I just spiraling. Yeah. And, yeah. The, the, just the, the doom spiraling where mm-hmm. it's so out of your control. And I think it's also really important for people to know, like, it's not you. It's not something that's wrong with you. It's like any medical thing that you just need to treat and you need to keep yourself uh, aware of. Yeah. And I know the conflict in Israel is something that's been weighing heavily on you also and, and people who live with these news cycles all the time. And it's not a new thing, but it's certainly gotten worse and worse in the last few years of just watching television can be doom scrolling in a way. Right. Well, and I've shared with you, I mean, I'm absolutely heartbroken over what's happening in Israel. Um, yeah. We have a lot of friends who are there. Um, I don't I don't have family. I have family in the region. We have family in Lebanon. Um, but Listen, I know there's there are a lot of perspectives. There's a lot of hurt out there. But the one thing that I just want to unequivocally say is that Hamas is a terrorist organization. What we saw is, you know, this this music festival being attacked. That would be like terrorists, like ISIS terrorists showing up at Coachella and just mowing people down. These were young people. These were people who had families to go home to. And there's still over 100 hostages, men, women, children, elderly Holocaust survivors. There are babies who were killed. Like I can't even talk about it without just feeling such a deep pain and in, in my heart over it. But we have to keep attention on it. Um, you know, when evil can triumph, when good people do nothing, it's it's really important to keep telling the stories of what's happening. And for me, I'm a Christian to just be praying for peace because the way this is going, it could become far worse than the Yom Kippur War. It could become something that pulls the whole region in. And that that's that's terrible for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it, it's evil's the word. It's horrific and evil, and uh, there's nothing else to say about that. I mean, mm-hmm. well, listen, if you or someone else you know is listening to this and needs help, um, the mental health hotline is something that can be helpful, and that'll be in the episode description here today. Um, uh, moving on, we, we also had Olivia Troy on the show today. Um, now, did the two of you work together in the White House at all? Yeah, we've had. Now we're booking all my girlfriends. I love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Olivia and I uh, both worked for Pence when I was his uh, press secretary, and she was his uh, one of his national security advisors. And then she and I worked very closely when she was the coordinator for the coronavirus task force, and I'd gone back to the White House as White House communications director. Um, she was a huge support system to me. I think we were to each other when. We both uh, saw things that concerned us, whether it was, you know, I think in in the era that she and I overlapped, it was with regard to the coronavirus um, response. We were both very close with the doctors. She and I remain close. We have a text chain with Dr. Deborah Burks, and I know she and I both keep in touch with Tony Fauci, and we tried our best to— to get good information in front of people who we thought would make good decisions and keep bad information, as she alluded to, away from uh, people who might who might listen to it. Um, but she she's great. I'm really proud of the work she's doing now. I think she's 
she, like me at times, is disillusioned by the partisan politics, and she's very focused on, like, okay, where can we find common ground? So her efforts with the 97% organization is, like, how do you get people from both sides to do something, if anything, about gun violence? And it's it's really important. Yeah, I mean, the, the sisterhood of resistance uh, towards <laughs> the Trump administration from those of you that worked in it is really kind of inspiring to see. We, I think I told you before, we have a text thread called We Survived 45. Yeah. And it's like me, her, Stephanie Grisham, Sarah Matthews, Cassidy Hutchinson. And it's just I, one of my favorite things I'll say about um, both Olivia, uh, well, Olivia specifically, but Stephanie as well. Anytime there's like a particularly bad Trump news cycle or he comes after one of us, they just check in and will be like, hey, mental health check, question mark, like sending love. And again, goes back to the like personal care that we have to do in this era. Well, it's inspiring. You've remarked that it's all women that have Mm -hmm. spoken out together. But it's also interesting because some of you were rivals before and now you're friends and you really come together in a really inspiring way, I think. And, you know, nothing unites people like being called pimp ladies by a senior white house official. I'm still trying to figure out what actually a pimp lady is. But so bizarre. Yeah. Well, there we go. Quick. What's something that works so well it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Those little vacuums that scoot around doing all the work for you? What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind millions of businesses of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. So one of the interesting things in the Olivia conversation, and I saw some parallels with things you've said on the show, is the difficulty she's had with family that still support uh, President Trump now, even though that she's moved away. How is did you see a parallel there as well? Yeah, and it's it's honestly something Olivia and I have talked about personally quite a bit. Is I like I've shared on the show. Family very close to me still support the former president. Um, some don't talk to me because of the stances I've, I've taken against him. And what will never make sense to me is I knew him personally. I worked for him. I talked on the phone to him every day. Like, I know Donald Trump. Why would you trust the word of other people about him more than the word of me who was there and who saw it? Um, I mean, I... Listen, <laughs> speaking of world mental health, they know I have to sometimes remember that it's not about me. It's about what, you know, whatever people may see in him. But I mean, this is also a man who's called me everything from a clown to a loser, which, by the way, was never on my like bingo card of things that I <laughs> hoped a former president would call me. And then to see family very close to me still support him wholeheartedly. It's really freaking hard. Yeah. But what gives me kind of like, I don't know, strength and perspective in it is that's millions of American families. There are way too many families and friendships that are estranged because people cannot let go of sort of the diehard commitment to Donald Trump and the defend him at all costs. It's it's wild. I've never seen something like it in my political life. Um, but I, I appreciated her sharing that because it's I can certainly relate. Yeah. So switching gears again a little bit, this is an exciting thing. On Thursday, you're on the podcast with Rachel Lindsay, uh, a, a frequent guest host on the show and former Bachelorette. This is exciting because you, of course, are a huge fan of The Bachelor. And she was my favorite Bachelorette ever. Um, oh, wow. I, I literally was obsessed with her before it was Caitlin Bristow and then uh, Rachel was just perfection. She's so fun when she guest hosts. Um, she's super dynamic and you know, she's a lawyer. She's got a legal background. She follows politics, but she knows pop culture, which is fun. Um, I'm dying to gab with her about The Golden Bachelor um, because I think she, she, by the way, is one of the Bachelor success stories or Bachelorette success stories. She's happily married. Her husband's adorable. Like they couldn't be happier. And I felt like in her season, she took it very seriously. Like I felt like watching, I was like, this is like someone who's there to get married as opposed to like to get Instagram famous or something. So I'm going to be really curious to hear her take on Golden Bachelor, where I think everyone's just obsessed with it because it feels like these people are so genuine and actually like want to find love. That's great. Um, No, (laughs) I'm a a fan of hers and she's also a big sports fan. She and I are in a uh, fantasy football league together with a bunch of big time celebrities and like me. Um, but it's great. It's like John Legend and Darius Rucker and David Spade. And, and that's so cool. Matthew Berry from ESP, uh, from NBC. And um, so I get to like hang around and we get to talk football, which is fun because I don't get people to do that. No with me, one. Uh, that's actually a huge value add because I don't think anyone at our table knows anything about sports. Whoopi, Whoopi's a oh, football actually, fan. Whoopi likes the Jets. Yeah, yeah. Whoopi likes the Jets. Um, 
Anna like gets into Miami right before they win something at the last minute, <laughs> and uh, Sonny likes WNBA and the NBA a little yeah. bit, but it's it's not. Uh, I don't have a t- t- ton of time to be able. I'm to like really a chat. yay sports kind of gal. Like your husband's know, a big sports fan. He is. He's yeah. a he's a Patriots fan. He's a Boston Red Sox fan. He grew up going to the games. Um, and my family's all from New Jersey, and they're Yankees fans. So that was a kind of tough sell early on. But yeah, I'm a Yankee I'm, fan too. I'm an adopted Bostonian now. Oh, right, well, <laughs> they both are horrible right now. So there's not much to argue about. Um, and I wanted to talk yesterday. We had uh, the former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, on Governator. the show. The governor was here. Um, what were your feelings about it? I loved him. I was I, th- this was the guest I was probably most excited for. I always hoped we'd have him on. Um, I'd watched the documentary about him, which is like it's it's so much riveting. fun, but it's riveting. Yeah, his story is wild. I mean, he he grew up in near poverty in Austria, and he just. He wanted to be an American celebrity. He started with the bodybuilding. Then he got into the acting. And as soon as he sat down at the table, he was like everything I wanted him to be and more. He was um, like such a showman. Like Mm -hmm. he was making jokes with the audience. He was playing off of things. We barely even got to questions because he just kind of can just he held riff. court. Yeah. He held court. He held yeah. court. Um, he he just listen. He reminds me of an era of Republican politics where I was really honored and excited to be a Republican. He was my governor growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom co- covered politics in Sacramento. He was great. He kind of gave the middle finger to the idea of like, if you're a Republican, you can't touch this and you can't work with Democrats. And he was, I mean, he was dealing with climate change issues before, you know, it was even really a national focus in a big way. Um, he was so much fun, but it was funny at the end. Sarah Haynes did this like roll call of like basically she said people would get his book in the audience if he could do 10 of his most famous quotes. He goes through all of them and then gets hung up on 10 and he hadn't said, come with me if you want to live. So we're all sitting there and we're like, no, come on. It's on the tip of your tongue. And then he finally got it. But um, there's he's got 100. That's the thing. He didn't I do, forgot how many there he didn't were. Do not the Tuma. He oh, didn't yeah. do, uh, you know, stick around or, uh, <laughs> you know, you're funny. I'll kill you last. I mean, I, I could do them for an hour and a half. But uh, yeah, he's iconic to me. You forget that he and Whoopi were partners in Planet Hollywood along with Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis and all those giant stars in the 80s. I Um, know. I love that's one of my favorite things is seeing people that Whoopi came up with come and talk about like old memories on the show. Rob Lowe did too. They like Fox. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so cool. I like feel it's just to get to be a fly on the wall. No, it's funny because there's the Whoopi we know. And then every once in a while you get to know her, you forget there's also, oh, movie star Whoopi. That's the biggest thing. I've like, I think the first year I was here, I was still in movie star Whoopi mode Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like I've said this before, but like my sister and I watched Sister Act 2 over a thousand times. I could quote the entire movie to you. Like we wanted to be Lauren Hill. Um, But now it's like colleague Whoopi. And I sometimes have to remember like, Holy smokes, this was like the biggest actress in Hollywood. This is one of a dozen egots. She like, hosted the Oscars four times. Yeah, like, I mean, it's I crazy. Know, and, yeah. and like we like like we're getting in there like giving our takes on pop culture and movies. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I should probably like give her the floor. Yeah. Every once in a while I'll be talking to her off camera about a movie and forgetting that she was in it. <laughs> right. And I'll be like, you know, like, oh, you know, soap dish is so good and I love Elizabeth Shue and said, Oh, wait, you're in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of think it happens. So all right. Well, listen, um, I think we are in good shape. Um, thank you very, very much yes. for your time, as always. Um, can I preview that I will be guest hosting the podcast with Rachel Lindsay uh, this later this Thursday? I'm excited I'm about so it. so excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be great to have her here. And um, let's see, tomorrow on the show, I'm joined by Joy Behar. Those are always fun <laughs> for the audience. <laughs> 
<laughs> does Does she know Arnold told you to grow a beard? No, She'll I'll appreciate tell her. that. Yeah, I'll tell her. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I didn't shave today. I'm just throwing it out there. There's not much there, but I didn't shave today. Um, all right, so thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. The Girlfriend is a free weekly e-newsletter from AARP built on the belief that girlfriend power is everything. It offers stories for Gen X women related to sex, health, beauty, travel, and money. Whether it's a shoulder to cry on or help navigating the next phase of your life, visit thegirlfriend.com to subscribe. You can also join the Girlfriend Book Club, a closed Facebook group that hosts live author interviews and free book giveaways. Again, it's thegirlfriend.com because everybody needs a girlfriend.